down, you seek me out. How could I be lost when you have called me found? You chase me down, seek me
still yet to do for all of us. We serve a loving God who loves you just as you are. So this morning, just come, give him all of your problems, all of your troubles.
Amen. We serve God, don't we? A God who is never changing, always the same. The same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Not only is he a great God, but he is a good God who loves us and who is here with us. Are you grateful for his presence that's here with us this morning? God, we come to you this morning. We are so grateful for who you are, that it is your name that is above every other name, that it is you who is worthy of all of our praise, all of our worship. God, it is you alone who gives life, the very life that we have here on this earth and the eternal life that is to come. It is you who loved us so much that you provided a way for us to have a relationship with you. God, we are so grateful for that, and we are grateful for your presence that's here with us today and this wonderful reminder just how good, how great you truly are. God, there is nothing else in this world that could ever, ever compare to you. And God, we love you. And we love you today because you first loved us, and we are so thankful for that love. Now, God, as we continue through this time of worship and studying your word together this morning, I, I pray that your presence would just overwhelm us today. God, I pray that your presence would be known to each person that's here. And God, we all come through different seasons of life today, all going through different things. And God, you know us better than we know ourselves. And you know what we need today. And I pray that those needs would be met here. God, I pray that as we open up your word today, that we would be ready to receive what you have for us. And it's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Good morning. Last week we began a new series for the beginning of a new year called Recalculating. And the idea is along life's journey, there are times whenever we have to kind of stop pull off to the side of the road and rethink some things through. Maybe we took a detour. Maybe we didn't up at the end of the year like we wanted to. We started at the beginning, and um, it's just an opportunity for us to just rethink, reevaluate some things. And last week we talked about the end goal, the most important thing that we could focus on in 2022 is to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. Well, the title of the message this morning is Recalculating Our Plans and God's Will. And I'm convinced of this, that what we're going to share today affects every person in the room, because we all have plans, don't we? We all make plans, and so I'm going to ask you to tune your hearts into what God might want to share with us today. And let me just start with this question. <clears throat> How many of you have made plans in, in your life, and those plans didn't just turn out like you expected them to do that, right? Anybody? So for me, it usually involves mud, a two-wheel drive, low rider, Monte Carlo, and some bad, bad judgment calls, right? I, I don't know how many times I've been stuck thinking, I could do it if I hit it fast enough and far enough. I'll make it to the pavement. What it costs me is a lot of embarrassment and a significant amount of money with tow trucks and all that. And I was thinking this morning again about the trip that my family and I took up to the mountains in Divide, Colorado. We put in the Garmin where we're going to go, and I'm always the shortest distance guy. I don't want the fastest route. I want the shortest distance. Something psychologically just tells me I'll get there faster. I don't know. But we're driving to Divide, Colorado. We're at Canyon City, and the, the Garmin says the shortest distance is this road called Phantom Canyon Road. If you've ever been on it, you know it's a beautiful journey, right? It's a lot of winding, and, and in fact, it was a, it's probably one of the prettiest things that I'd seen up to that point, this ascent from 5,500, um, an elevation feet, elevation all the way up to 9,500, winding roads, sharp turns, steep drop-offs on the cliff. And I remember looking at my family and saying, hey, look at that, and Sarah's yelling at me from the back seat, you keep your eyes on the road! Because it was kind of scary. <clears throat> and so my plan was to just get there. We were expected to be at the cabin in like 30 minutes. We're just going to take this road and we'll be there, right? Well, I didn't plan. And my plans changed whenever the Suburban we were driving. And I don't know why, but there's this connector that goes to the fuel pump from the wiring harness. It's supposed to have a little safety clip in it. Didn't have it. But the bumpy road caused that thing to come unplugged. Now, I didn't know it at the time, but all I knew was we were broke down. Now, we broke down on a road that not very many people travel, and my daughter, who was already panicking about the sharp cliffs, was now in freak-out mode because now we're broke out on the side of a mountain road, or broke down on the side of a mountain road, and nobody's there to help us. The one van that finally showed up to our rescue, my mom always warned me about white creeper vans. This was a white creeper van. The dude driving it looked like Grizzly Adams, except a less friendly version of it. He's like, do you guys need to help? Nope, we're good. I totally lied. I'm like, I'm not getting in that van. That guy's crazy. 
So we prayed, and God would send somebody later who um, we didn't know, but he looked a little bit more reputable. He had a child seat in the back seat. All right, he's safe. Let's get in the truck with this guy. We load all of our stuff and a chihuahua out of the Suburban, and we began to head the rest of the destination, right? And so um, I, what I didn't know is that this trip that I had planned to be at a cabin in 30 minutes was going to turn into an all-day event. It was going to cost us a mechanic bill. We're going to put my family that I love dearly in a vehicle of somebody I did not know and hope that they would take them to the cabin ahead of me while I stayed with the record dude to go back and pick up our broken-down Suburban. You know, the plans that we make, sometimes they're insignificant. Not a big deal, right? Some of them cost us some money, maybe a little frustration, a little time. But there are sometimes the plans that we make have a, a lot greater cost. And you see people that fall in love and they say, hey, this girl is the girl for me. She's the one I want to marry. And, and you start pursuing marriage or maybe it's a guy. Hey, he's, he's, he's just hung the moon. He's my prince in shining armor. And, and you start working toward marriage and you're madly in love at first. And a few short years later, you hate each other's guts, and you're standing or sitting across from a lawyer at a desk signing divorce papers. Or maybe you've decided to start a new career, a new journey, to take this new job, this new business venture, and you start off with these great hopes, and you got all your plans out there, only to find out that it didn't work out like you expected it to, and now the job's not there, and you may have to declare bankruptcy or you may have to go back to that old job and beg for your old job back, move back home, you know, that drive of shame. Or, or for college students and school students, how about this one? You graduate high school, you go into college, and you're aiming toward a degree, you're real excited about it, and you spend, what, six years on a four-year degree, um, and, and three-quarters of the way there, or right at the finish line, you start wondering, is this what I'm supposed to do? I don't even know that I'm going to like the field uh, that I'm getting my education in. I know my parents are frustrated with me because of all the money that's spent, all the time that's wasted, and more importantly, what am I going to do with my life? Wouldn't it be cool if there was like, this magic device that every time we made a decision or we needed a plan, we could just grab it up and shake it? You know like that magic eight ball that we played with as kids? Yeah. Have you seen that thing, that black thing? You're like, go, will Rachel like me? <laughs> Not a chance. Ah, oh, you know that one? Or not likely, or a little fuzzy, try again. You, you, you remember we used to play with that, and we're just, you know, like this fortune teller game thing that we would shake it, and we would, you know, we know there's no truth in that, but we, we laugh because we, we wish it would, we would have something like that. It would be kind of cool, wouldn't it, when it comes to making plans? Here's a very important truth that we need to know. We have something far greater than a magic eight ball when it comes to making plans and seeking the will of God in our lives as Christians. Amen? I mean, we have a God who is all-powerful. There's nothing too difficult for him. We sing songs about that, right? Our great God. He's omniscient. He knows all things, right? He's in control. He knows me. He created me. And when it comes to making plans in life, I think the, the main thing that we need to understand is we must embrace, understand, and Accept this biblical truth that God is involved in our everyday lives. Do you believe that? God is involved in our everyday lives. And if that's true, that God is involved in our everyday lives, there's a, it's critical that we include God in all, say all, of our plans. So James is the half-brother of Jesus. If you want to turn to James chapter 4, we're going to look at five verses today. <clears throat> our plans and God's will and how these two intersect. James covers this and he's written this little epistle to talk to the Jewish Christians about what true faith looks like. And he's basically saying genuine faith changes us. It, it moves us and um, it, 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 it just grows us, right? There's going to be, it's not just what we say, but it's what we do that matters. A, a faith that has no fruit is like a dead faith. And James is building this case on and on of what it looks like to be a genuine believer. And then he gets into this idea of making these plans, and so in that time, it was very common for the business people, the Jewish leaders that are business people, uh, they would take their practice, their trade, and they would travel around and they might go to another little village or town and they would spend some time there and they would make a profit, make money, and uh, you know, it was just kind of a way of life for them. And I can almost think that maybe James is overhearing them talking about their plans. And maybe they're a little arrogant with those plans, a little cocky and and so he addresses this idea, and so I'm going to look at it in verse 13, James chapter 4, and the pericope in my Bible says, warning about self-confidence. So let's look at the, the, the problem first. Look here, he says, 
Now, some of your versions might say, listen up, or get this, or hear now. It's only used two times in the New Testament, both of them in this little epistle. The second time is in James 5.1, look here. And what he's saying is, hey, pay attention, this is important, listen up. It's like he's hearing these guys talk, and he just says, hey, time out. You need to listen to this. He says, you who say, today or tomorrow, we're going to a certain town, and we'll stay there a year, we will do business there, and make a profit. So he's addressing these people who have their plans, right? And, and their plans are pretty thorough, if you look at it again. They, they name a period of time, and so they get their calendar out, and maybe they circle today. Well, let me go and circle tomorrow, because today or tomorrow, we're going to do something big. We're going to go to a certain place, and so they get the atlas out, and they look at the little villages around, like, we're going to go here, bullseye, right? And we're going to spend a whole year there, and what are we going to do when they're there? The, you know, he's thorough in his plans. We're going to do business there. We're going to set up shop. We're going to try to make some money. And the end goal is we're going to make a profit. Now, all of those things so far are not bad things. All right? So it's not what he, he said he was going to do that was wrong. And so the Bible encourages us to make plans. Proverbs is full of that. It also encourages us to work. If a man won't work, he won't eat. So it's okay to work. And it's even not wrong to make a profit. It's the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. But it's not wrong to get money. All right? So... It's not what he said that he was going to do that was wrong. It's what he, what he didn't say. And what he didn't do is he didn't include God in his plans. It's like he didn't consult God. And God what's God's will? If the Lord wills it, then I will, will do this or that. And so he says, we have these plans, and these plans without God is just crazy thinking. And so let, let me just tell you this before we go much further. God wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives, Right? Now, what this man is saying is not much different than the world that we live in today, even in Christianity. So if you think about it for a moment, we have Sunday. Sunday's a special day. It's a sacred day. It's a day that we set apart to come into God's house to worship him, right? To join together in fellowship with other believers, to open his word and hopefully hear from him and to be encouraged that day. And we just set apart Sunday as a special day. It's a sacred day. And then tomorrow morning, we're going to get up, we're going to hit snooze about three times, and we're going to get up and go to that four-letter word, what? Work. Or for the students, the six-letter word, school. And that's the secular part of life. And the problem is, we live our lives in kind of compartments. We have our, our sacred compartment, we have our secular compartment. And we understand, we totally get that Sunday's an important day, and, and we focus on and acknowledge God and worship God. We understand all these things about God, but then Monday... We can sometimes live our lives as though he's not even a part of our lives in the secular. And so what I think God wants is he wants us to let him out of the box, if you will, on Sunday morning and let him be a part of everything that we do in our lives. He wants to. Do you know that? He wants to be involved in your planning sessions. Where you're gonna, who you're going to marry, where you're going to live, what you're going to do. God wants to be involved in that. Listen to some of these verses. Psalm 32, verses 8 and 9. Says so the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. He says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. Do you believe that this morning? Isaiah 30, verse 21 says, Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, This is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. And so, He's like, hey, it's just like hearing his voice behind you saying, hey, you're trying to make your plans, you're making your decisions, go left, go right. You'll hear him guide you. John chapter 16, and this is the one that is the most comforting to me, Jesus is talking about the role of the Holy Spirit. And he says, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. And so we have this Holy Spirit that dwells within us, that guides us. Do you know, church, that God wants to be a part of our planning? All right, so knowing that God wants to be involved in our lives, it's critical for us to include him in all of our plans. He wants to be in our plans. Here, let me make this statement. I believe it is foolish of followers of Christ to leave God out of the planning process. I think it's foolish. Someone has said, the fool is not the person who says there is no God. The fool is the person who says there is a God and lives their lives like he doesn't, it doesn't exist, like he doesn't exist. 
So it's foolish for us as children of God who know how amazing our God is and know the desire that he has to guide us in our life. It's foolish for us to not include him in the planning process. Why? I'll give you three words. All of them start with O. You ready? So there's ownership, omniscience, and omnipotence. Ownership, what does that mean? Well, it means that you and I, if we place our faith in Christ, he says, your body is not your own. You were bought with a price. Anybody want to take a guess at what that price was? The precious blood of Jesus on the cross, right? And he says, you're not your own. You were bought with a price. He says it in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you realize or don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, uh, excuse me, price, so you must honor God with your body. We call him Savior because he saves us from our sins. We also call him Lord. Lord means master. And Jesus later said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? The idea is we know that we're not our own. We were bought with a price, right? That's ownership. So it would be foolish for us to leave him out of our plans because he bought us with a high price. And then there's the omniscience. What does that mean? It simply means he's all-knowing. How many know God knows all things? Are you with me this morning? I see no response. All right. So he knows all things. I don't know all things. And look at his response back to this hypothetical person that's having these grand plans. He says, look here, you who say, today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. He says, we will do business there and make a profit. He says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a morning fog or a vapor. It's here a little while, then it's gone. And so the idea is we make all these boastful plans of what we're going to do about tomorrow, and we don't even know if we're going to be here tomorrow. Amen? And so God is omniscient. He knows all things. And Psalm 139 says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? That this God that we serve, he says, before we were born, all of our days were laid out. That's why when you see somebody that dies ahead of their time and, and we don't understand that, I just take comfort in knowing that God knew and their time was up. And it may be hard for us, but to know that he's got a plan and our days are numbered. Amen? He's omniscient. He knows all things. We don't. Psalm 39 says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You've made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. And so it would be foolish for us to leave God out of our planning, first because of the ownership, but because of his omniscience. Let me tell you something else he knows that we don't know. He knows the human heart. Amen? Young fella, you fall in love, or young lady, you fall in love with this young man. And let me just tell you that everybody does great campaigning when you're dating. You put on your best face, don't you? And then in time, things change, and you, you turn around a couple times, and you're like, man, this is not the person that I, I married. Here's the thing. God knows the heart. And so we start approaching that M word, like marriage, and we're like, God, this is what I'm thinking. I think she's the one for me, but you're the one that knows the heart. Would you give me wisdom? Would you show me, is this who I need to be spending the rest of my, my life with? How many of you know that would be a great question to ask him? When you're selecting who you're going to spend the rest till death do us part. It feels like you're slowly dying every day if you get it wrong. <laughs> Not my marriage. It's awesome. I'm just saying. But I'm telling you, wouldn't it be wise of us to say, God, you know all things. You know the heart. So, Lord, would you guide me in this planning process? He is omniscient. He knows all things. I'm limited in my understanding. And lastly, he's omnipotent. That just simply means he's powerful. He's all-powerful. There's no one more powerful than him. He is sovereign. That means he has all the authority. His authority trumps my authority. Amen? And so if you want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans. Right? It's like, God, here's what my plans are. And he says, oh, let me show you something. Because it says in Proverbs 19, 21, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. You can make all the plans you want. But the Lord's purpose is the one that's going to prevail. And so it just makes sense to me that if I understand that God wants to be involved in every area of my life, that I need to include him in the planning processes of my life because he's omniscient, he knows all things, he owns me, right? He bought me, 
and he is all-powerful. His will, his will is going to be the one that's going to prevail in the end. And so he tells the man, you don't even know what life is like tomorrow. Your life is like a morning fog. It's here for a little while, then it's gone. And so what do we do? Verse 15 is the key. He says, what you ought to say is Deo Valente. Does your Bible say that? It doesn't. That's Latin. And it's an old term. Years ago, old-timers, when they'd write a letter, they might say, you know, love, dad, um, you know, hope to see you soon, DV. They would initial it DV. Deo Valente. You know what it means? God willing. You ever heard that before? Hey, I'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. God willing. And what James is telling these people that are boasting about their plans without God, and that's the problem. It's not the plans, but it's the plans without God. And he's saying, that's boastful. And he says, what you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live or do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans. Alazonia is the word, and it really means false pride. He says, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans, your false pride, and all such boasting is evil. Another reason I think it's foolish to leave God out is because that's sinful, right? That boastful, that false pride. It's a self-exalting, self-absorbed conceit of one's own superiority, especially one that believes that all the achievements that they've made in their life are from their own doing. You ever met anybody like that? I am where I am today because I'm good and I'm smart. I did it all my, I did it my way. I mean, we just kind of get cocky. And he says that kind of pretentious plan is boasting and it's evil. And he's already talked about this in chapter 4. He says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And he's saying that's a very prideful attitude to go through life as though God does not exist, especially when it comes to making all these plans to plan your life when you don't even know what tomorrow's going to bring. When you don't have the ultimate authority and power, it is just foolish for us to go through life without considering God and making our plans. Amen? And so the key is, if the Lord wants us to. So the question is, how do we know what the Lord wants us to do? How do we know? Well, we can ask. There's plenty of verses that say to ask. We can get to know him. My kids mock me a lot. And they make fun of dad because they'll say, I know what dad would say. Why do they say that? Because they're cruising for a bruising. No, because they've spent a lot of time with me and they've watched me respond so many different times to different things that they just know how I would respond in such and such a way, right? And the same thing is true when it comes to we knowing God and, and getting to know him intimately through his word, through study, through prayer, just spending time intimately with him. We start learning. There's things that I just know he wouldn't like in my life. And so when it comes to planning, if one of those plans is leading me to violate my conscience of what his word has told me I should or should not do, then how many know it's easy to know what God wants us to do or not do? And so we, we, we know that by getting to know him, by spending that quality time with him. What we ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, that is, what is the will of God? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which plan to take or which path to take. We seek him in everything that we do. Matthew six thirty three, another popular one. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. What do I need? I need his wisdom. I need his direction for the plans of my life. He says, seek his kingdom above all else, and he'll do that for you. Matthew 7, 7 through 11 says, Keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. And then he appeals to the parents. This is Jesus talking. He says, You parents, if your children ask you for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people, compared to Jesus, we're sinful people, right? He says, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Man, it's just, to me, it's, it's a no-brainer when it comes to making the plans in life. If I want to make those plans successfully, I should 
understand the very important truth that it is critical that I include God in those plans. It'd be foolish for us, and yet we do it all the time. Some of us will wake up tomorrow and not even consider, oh, I probably should pray about that. We just do it. We're, we're in that business mode. We're just, we, we, we cross the T's, we dot the I's, we just take care of business. And I was thinking back about the last three or four moves that I've made, even before I was in ministry, before I had any idea I would be in ministry. I remember saying, God, if this is your will, would you open this door or close this door? Because I don't want to step out of your will. And when I came to Canyon, that was the way I came. It was like, God, I want to follow your will. If this is your plan, then make it work out, and I'll take a step of faith. When I left Canyon to go to Liberal, same thing. God, I don't know if this is your plan, but I want your wisdom and your direction. Would you show me? Would you open the door? And he did. When I came back, same thing over and over and over again. The point I'm making is every area of my life, I hope to have that same attitude. If God wants to be involved in it, I'd be foolish to not include him in the planning of my life. Amen? So let me just throw a couple things at you that I think are important for us to understand. Three other words, they start with C, confession. You know, the psalmist says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear me. And I think that sometimes we need to acknowledge when we're asking God for his direction, planning our lives, that if I've got some unconfessed sin that I know is sin, and I'm not dealing with that, and I'm coming before him, he says, if I regard or if I hold that iniquity in my heart, he won't hear me. So we need to make a, a regular habit of getting on our knees before God and saying, God, I confess my sins before you. Amen? And 1 John 1, 9 says that he is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. So confession of sins. And I would say consecrate is the next word. What does that mean? It means to set apart. He says, trust in the Lord with some of your heart. It doesn't say that, does he? He says with all of your heart. What does that mean? All in. It's like Seeking him with all you are to set that aside in all your ways. Acknowledge him to consecrate our hearts toward him when we're planning these things. And lastly, I would say concentrate. I struggle with that one. I take medicine sometimes to help me with that. Concentrate. I think sometimes we just need to be still. We need to ask and we need to listen for him to give us direction, to give us wisdom. To show us which path that we should take in life when we're making these plans. You say, Shane, I have a hard time hearing God. I think sometimes I do as well. But just because we don't hear him doesn't mean he's not speaking. Do you know? Listen, listen. Do you hear it? There's music playing all around us right now. You can't hear it? What if I brought a radio up here and extended the antenna, plugged it into the outlet, and started dialing that little thing called that tuning knob? How many know I'd pick up a few radio stations and we hear music? Just because we can't hear it doesn't mean it's not playing around us right now. The same thing is true of God. Just because we don't hear him and have his, his still, small voice doesn't mean he's not speaking. So I think it's incumbent upon us to quiet ourselves and to say, God, I need to hear from you, and I want to hear from you, and I'm going to patiently wait until you give me an answer, close a door, open a door, wise counsel, all these things that we utilize to get God's direction for our life. And so I would say tune in and listen to what God might be saying. And I would say going forward in 2022, you know, we're just at the beginning of this thing, and we're going to make a lot of plans in 2022. And we can make those plans with God's, um, I guess, his presence in our life and his help. It's like, God, I want you to guide me in all truth and lead me, knowing that you know all things. You know what tomorrow's going to look like. You know what the person's heart is like. You know whether I should take this business or not, if I should buy this place or not buy this place. He knows those things. And so I think for us, it's so important and critical when we go to making decisions in 2022 that we seek him first, not just on Sundays, but Monday through Saturday. Amen? Some of you need to stop on Friday night and say, all right, God, what should I do here? But to say, Lord, I want you to guide me in your will for my life. And in verse 17, he closes, says, remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. James has been laying out some truth all along. And he said, all right, guys, you know this stuff. And it's kind of a sin of omission. It's not that you're doing something wrong, but you're ignoring what you know you should be doing. And he says that that is sin. And when it comes to knowing that God is the one that created, do you know he created you? He created me? While I was in my mother's womb, he, he, he poured into me certain talents and abilities and skill sets that he didn't put in you. And he put stuff in you that he didn't put into me. And he caused us all to be born at this season in, in history. Could have been born in the 40s, but here we are today. God is our creator. 
He knows his plans. He told Jeremiah, according to Israel, he says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. It stands to reason if he knows the plans that he has for them, he also knows the plans that he has for us too. Amen? And so I just want to be obedient to him and stepping into 2022, say, God, with every decision I make, with every plan that we plan, I want to make sure that you're in the center of it because you're omniscient, you know all things. You're in control. You're omnipotent. You're my owner, my Lord. What do you want me to do? What am I created for? Why am I here? What is it that you want me to do in my life? What would it look like if we grabbed a hold of that truth? What would it look like if tomorrow we were faced with a, a job opportunity and we said, all right, first things first, let's consult God in this matter and let's see what God wants me to do. What if we, before we got too serious in marriage and we're courting each other and we're getting all crazy and we're talking you know, how awesome it's going to be if we just pumped the brakes a minute and said, God, I know what I want, but you said the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things and so I can't follow the heart, bad counsel. God, what do you want? You see the human heart. You see it, and, and you know who we really are at our very core. And so, God, what do you want for me in my life? What would it look like if we just included him in our plans? Here's what I hope it would look like at the end of the year. We can look back and say, wow, God has guided me through this year in an amazing way. And things are going great for me because I've sought his will and I've taken steps of faith and obedience along the way. And he is a good, good God. If God is for us. Who can be against us? Amen? So 2022, let that be a challenge for us to embrace, to understand, and to accept the reality, the biblical truth that God is in control of everything in our lives. And because of that truth, it is critical for us to include him in those plans. Amen? And maybe that plan for you today is to place your faith in him. You know, again, it says to those who know to do good and do not do it to them, it is sin. It's a sin of omission. It's like, hey, I, it's not that I hate God or I'm rejecting him. It's I'm just putting it off and putting it off. And maybe for you today, it's that step of faith. All right, God, I'm no longer going to just be disobedient there. I'm going to trust you and you alone for salvation. If that's your choice today, I would say that today is the day of salvation. No greater thing that you can do than to place your faith in him. Christian, are you tired of the frustration, the headache, the heartache, the disappointment that come with making plans, and they don't turn out like you expected. The plans change. Can I just tell you, can, can we just retool our thinking, recalculate our thinking when it comes to our plans and God's will and just see what he does with that? I have a feeling it's a lot better than what I can do on my own. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for uh, the truth of your word. Lord, I thank you for your abiding Holy Spirit that lives in us. And Lord, for us just to grab a hold of the truth this morning that you want to be involved in our lives. Lord, that you own us. You bought us with a price. You created us with a specific purpose in mind. You're omniscient. You know all things. And you're all omnipotent. You're all powerful. There's nothing too difficult for you. And so, Lord, it just is bonkers to me in my mind how we can go through life and make all these plans without ever consulting you in the matter. And so, Father, would you forgive us for the times that we walk around as though we're in charge? Would you forgive us for the times when we've run ahead of you without consulting you first and we've made a mess of our lives, our marriages, our finances? Lord, we've proven that we don't have it all figured out. And so, God, I pray that we would today just get a, a new revelation of how important it is to include you in every decision that we make in our lives, knowing that you are a good, good father and that you love us and that you will show us which path we need to take as we plan out whatever 2022 looks like. Lord, you know the plans that you have for us as well. And so I pray that we would just be attentive to that and would be obedient in the steps that you call us to take. And I humbly ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.